The following thoughts, opinions, stories, and expressions are meant for those who will appreciate them. If you don't, we hope you keep an open soul to encounter another here on 34 Questions. Peace. In three, two, one. What's going on, folks? Welcome to 34 Questions. I'm your host, 34. And tonight, I have a very special guest. Jack is in the building. How you doing tonight, Jack? I'm doing great, man. How you been? Been all right, man. Been all right. This week has been a little tough. Uh, feel super busy um, at work. I work with kids. Uh, oh, yeah. For the folks out there who don't know, this first time me and Jack linking up. So, yeah, man, working with kids uh, and like I, I've been at this new job for about four months or so and i feel like i'm starting to get that rhythm and building that connection with uh, the high school students i work with so it's been great man how about yourself i've been pretty good but now i'm just fascinated what is it that you do exactly your teacher i am not a teacher <laughs> i i uh i consider myself like a coach you know but i i am the site coordinator for an after school program here in the bay area for, for high schoolers so i have to come up with events and clubs um you know just to enrich that experience for for kids and like we're trying to bounce back from from you know covid and everything so it's very interesting to see like how it's affected the education system as far as like at least the school i work at because the kids man they want something different they they knew what school was like before and coming back they're just like nah that's that's not the business man we, we need something new something fresh um which is challenging you know we have a lot of people who are stuck in traditional ways um but i don't think these kids are vibing with it too much and if they are it's uh it's not it doesn't have that same energy you know um so yeah that that's uh that's my day job man <laughs> i like that a lot i like that you uh definitely have dedicated your time to making other people's lives better that's phenomenal it took me a long time to to figure that out for myself uh i've had 17 jobs in 10 years man bounced around a lot holy crap <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and uh you know it's funny when i say it it feels so normal to me um uh, but i know for other folks you know it's like god damn man like you can't stay at one place uh and i really couldn't you know i i, I would be in in a job and then after a few months like you know you once you pick it up pick up uh the 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 rhythm then it gets pretty boring you know especially if you don't feel like you can grow or there's no way of growth um it, that's what would happen to me and then the job i'm at right now i actually left four years ago uh and then i i came back because i was like damn the only thing that makes me feel fulfilled is working with these kids you feel me so that's that's so how you i found purpose 100 percent purpose over just work yeah yeah and I mean, then that's a scary, not scary, but, you know, when I look around with, you know, with the folks around me and maybe not everyone's feeling as fulfilled, uh, but, you know, like, do I tell them, oh, maybe you should work with kids because that's very fulfilling, like, even though it, may, it might not be the highest paying thing. But the fact that you're interacting and like, you know, I consider myself being like in the background of someone's experience, you know, like for these kids, I'm, I'm almost like a, in, like a non-playable character in these video games, you know, just this dude that they see every once in a while. But uh, like these, there's moments where, you know, you feel like maybe something you said will stick with them. And those are the moments I live for, you know? <laughs> I like that a lot. That's very interesting visual too, being a non-playable character in somebody else's life. Because a lot of the time, that's what we are overall, right? We're just, uh, to, to most people, we're just somebody passing by. We're just an NPC hanging out. Exactly. Exactly. We're, we're sharing this world, but it's not like we're interacting with each other, not everyone at the same time. So uh, I, I, I think like we're, we're vibing already. So, uh, you know, for for us to just like talk to someone that maybe we don't talk to normally or like I, I'm never sure how how I could bring that energy to these kids so they can feel the same way as I do. It's like yeah. yeah, go talk to that bank teller, you know, or go talk to that security guard or whatever. Find out what their story is. Um, yes, exactly. The stories of the individuals of this world are fascinating and so varied and complicated, intricate, nuanced ways. And any even people who go through the same exact experiences uh, process them differently and would tell you the same story in so many different ways based on their own perception that you'd get a million different things from a million different people who experience exactly the same series of events. I feel you, man. 
well, I mean, we'll just jump straight into it, man. What, what do you think of how I have some friends who are marketers, right? And they tell me all the time, like, there's there's boxes where people fit in. And that's what marketers do. You know, they try to figure out what box they're trying to sell a product to. Uh, but for me, I keep saying, like, I, I can't feel that way. I don't feel like people, even though you can say there's patterns, I don't think that it, the that experience or like that perception for each person is exactly the same because of all the factors that happen in our, in our lives, you know, um, and even to the day day to day things that happen to us that shapes us in some way or form. Um, and you can't really tell me that like this box is defining, you know, a whole group of people. You feel me? Oh, no, I agree and disagree. Okay. Yeah. Tell, tell me why. Tell me why. The, yes, we're very varied and we're very nuanced if you get to a granular level. But on surface level, unless you're having that in-depth, detailed conversation with somebody, we're all more or less the same. That's sort of if you think of just, for example, the concept of politics, right? So many people fall into two teams. You could generalize it to such a vast kind of blanket term that you can have two teams and it encompasses everybody. But then when you start talking to individuals, you get more nuance and nuance and you find out, okay, you might be a Republican, but you don't agree with this part of that section. And you might be a Democrat, but you don't agree with this part of that. So in the broader term, yes, we're all very similar. We're still all human. We still have wants and needs. I'm sure there's music you listen to that somebody else listens to. You're not listening to the one obscure musician nobody's ever heard of and you're <laughs> the only person listening to. So there is a generalized idea that works for the majority and then there is the individual case as you get to know a person close up and in a granular nuanced way so both answers are right yes we're all different and unique but also in a way that's very similar and common i hear you i hear you i think that's something that uh at least for my personal growth you know you know how like we have our our convictions and sometimes you got to be open to you know other perspectives and i i hear you on that and yeah i can't deny the fact that like you know if i listen to let's say i listen to j cole then like there's a bunch of artists that are similar to him i'm pretty sure another fan of j cole probably listens to the same artists as i do you know uh yeah so yeah i can't deny that fact i can't deny that fact uh but all right man we started off pretty strong and quick but uh, let me let me start off you off with the warm up questions real quick, and Go for I'm, it. I'm gonna break it down to the to the audience real quick. So the folks out there who are unfamiliar with the flow of the show, we start off with some intro questions typically, uh, and then we'll jump into some icebreakers. After that, we'll turn to the wheel of fate that helps us guide the conversation, and then we'll finish everything off with some closeout questions. Sound good to you, Jack? Sounds perfect. All right. So, man, my very first question for you. Uh, it's been a crazy couple years. How have you been? Been doing great. Been doing good. How you been lately, man? I've been great, man. I've been phenomenal. Just uh, doing the usual. Uh, I spend most of my life simply uh, creating and getting into people's heads. I love diving into people's heads and understanding what makes individuals tick. So I spend a lot of time researching and conversing with the, I guess, more obscure things. I tend to... I like to say I crawl around people's heads looking for the things that stand out from mm. individuals rather than the things that, like we just talked about, there are the things that make us different and there are the things that make us the same. I like to hunt down the things that make us different and spend all my time doing that. And once I get there with a person, I've discovered something new and I'll dive into that deeper on my own so that now I have a bigger wealth of knowledge about this thing I didn't know existed. And so I've just been doing that for the last couple of years, including with the show and just in life in general, going out and talking to people. Has that been something that you've always kind of carried like that, that, uh, that approach, or it sounds like maybe a couple of years ago, that's something that just clicked for you and you just started to use more time for it. No, no, no. So basically in the last couple of years, I've dedicated into turning it I've dedicated time to turning it into something profitable as opposed to just something I casually do. But to the through the entirety of my life since I was a child, I was a, a quite extremely extroverted. So I would like wander out and talk to complete strangers. I remember uh, this one moment I was uh, about, about 14 years old and I was walking from school and there was this guy. I used to see him every day around the same time. I was walking from school, walking home and 
I just started a conversation with the guy, just some random dude I see all the time. I'm like, hey, man, who who are you, the strange guy walking? <laughs> and uh, we had a really good conversation. I couldn't even tell you what we talked about. It was just the energy was great. Whatever, we're talking. So the next day I see him and the same guy, great conversation, phenomenal. And at the end of the conversation, he tells me, hey, man, uh, I'm going to my brother's house to shoot up heroin. You want to join me? And I was like, holy shit. Wait. At 14? So at 14. Oh, shit. So I was like, yeah, fuck. Luckily, I'm not willing to try that. But I was fascinated by the fact that this intellectual was doing this. So then I became sort of fascinated by... Now, this is just an example of me just talking to complete strangers in the middle of nobody. But I became fascinated by the fact that this guy seems so high-functioning and whatever. So I started heavily researching heroin and other drugs that fall into the whole they fuck your life up situation and mm -hmm. i learned one very specific thing the united states has propaganda associated with that because in other countries people do it and function and they get told on media that they function the only cases we see are the people who can't afford it and have addictive tendencies who then go outside and perform crimes and things to then fuel the habit but then looking deeper into it i found out that most doctors and lawyers are doing either heroin or cocaine and i'm like holy shit that's just going on in the united states people functioning people operating on you people who you who defend you in court i got so, you that yeah that, that. <laughs> <laughs> i hear you man i hear you i mean that it is a trip I, I know about the coke stuff uh i don't partake myself but i feel like you know as you get older you just see people in circles and stuff that that that's a recreational yeah. thing for them um i'd never touched them myself because i mean i think humans have addicted addictive tendencies um for me i know where i draw my lines as far as drugs go uh and that's definitely yeah. not a line i've crossed because i'm afraid i'm afraid that I'm, yes is that it? is my same like I, I i i will admit i have addictive tendencies and because of that there's no way in hell i would ever touch it because i know it's a one-way trip Oof. and kudos to those who can handle it like uh we get lied to about so much in our educations obviously they don't want us to do drugs so they're going to try to scare us but the best thing would do to would be to inform us as opposed to just scare us about everything yeah but also like there's no way i'm fucking trying it <laughs> like, <laughs> it doesn't really matter what the fuck you tell me i'm not gonna go do it anyways no no for sure i mean i'm, I'm glad that you you know where your lines are and i think that's something that like you know right now in the high school i work at, i feel like all the kids are 100% I would say not 100% but 70% of the kids are doing marijuana or weed you know they're smoking they're taking edibles vape carts whatever uh and like you know for me I, I actually didn't try try anything until I was 18 because of you know I was raising my parents were pretty strict and whatnot but um as soon as I had got a chance to and I knew what I wanted to try I did um but I know how it affected my life and I can't imagine a kid like the kids that are doing it now. And I'm it's if you're a kid and you have an adult telling you don't do it, you're pretty much going to do it. Right? Uh, so, yes, I don't want to. That's a big problem. I don't want to come at that angle, but I also feel like there's this, you know, professionalism that I have to keep up and be like, I can't tell them about my experiences just yet, you know, until either they open it up and, you know, I can't force my experiences on them. Um, so, yeah, it's something very tricky because. I know it's been a big part of my life, you know, weed, but uh, it's not something I can openly talk to them about just yet. Uh, but yeah, I'll, as far as being extroverted or in your experience, um, do you feel like people are more extroverted or introverted? Vast majority introverted. For sure. Yeah. Yes. Um, and like as far as the other extroverts that you've come across, um, like, what do you think it is about, I guess, their experience or even your experience that just makes you feel like, yo, I, I want to meet people. I need, I want to know people's stories. You feel me? Um, I'm fascinated by people. I'm fascinated by nuance. And I think uh, for other extroverts, it's uh, either they're fascinated by people. I guess the intellectual introverts tend to extroverts tend to be more like that. But so are the introverts, to be fair. But I think also... For example, if you, you look at something like Myers-Briggs, they use a word for that that I really, really like, which is they say uh, extroverts get their energy from people and introverts use their energy on people. Mm. And uh, I think 
Although Myers-Briggs has a lot of flaws, the word selection there is quite specific to a lot of extroverts that just generally, even if they're not learning crap about you, they just like the vibe of people. Think of very extroverted activities, clubs, bars, playing pool, uh, outdoor sports. It's energy. It's all energy. Mm. I got so you. I think that they definitely, they definitely extroverts by vast majority do definitely get their energy from other people. While uh, introverts tend to value their own energy more. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, and I mean, for for me, like I, as far as the line between ex- introvert and extroverted, I'm a big believer in balance, um, and I can definitely know when, you know, I'm pretty much in my room all the time. Or when I'm out, I, I just want to like say what's up to somebody and like, you know, have a quick little conversation. Um, and, you know, the reason why I created this podcast was because in those conversations, I felt like I was always trying to dig a little deeper. Uh, and sometimes with strangers, that's not what they want to do. They don't. They're like, yo, man, you got to cool down. Like, I don't know who you are and I don't know why you're asking me these questions. Um, oh, no. People fear big talk. Mm, what's, what's big talk for you? Big talk, anything that you, how do I put it? Letting someone tinker with your thoughts as opposed to surface level discussions. Mm, I got you. So, you know, I like to talk religion. I like to talk politics. I like to talk sexuality. I like to talk uh, personal experience. I like to talk perspective. Any Anything, the, the, the big topics that usually have a person question their own thoughts. Mm. That, that, I like that. Those are big talk to me. I got you. I got you. Uh, I'm going to move on to the second warm-up question. Uh, what would you like the audience to know about you? Oh, okay. Fair enough. Um, let's see. I'm clinically a psychopath. Really? Yes. Diagnosed. That's diagnosed? Well, what, what, what? Like, you know, I, I watch fucking, you know, TV shows and SVU and stuff. And that's what I know about psychopaths. But like for for you very wrong yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say yeah uh the second question was like what's the biggest mis- misconception about you um what would you say is the biggest misconception about being a psychopath uh, the biggest misconception is that a psychopath is a violent heartless person as opposed to uh, like the literal def- the literal definition of a psychopath as opposed to sociopath so a sociopath is a person who doesn't process social norms the way other people do um psychopathy is not processing emotions the way other people do so by definition mm. apathy so i have a very small uh, uh understanding of emotions but in return, sort of like a blind person who their other senses kind of kick in and make up the difference, I have an extremely calculated ones and zeros kind of perspective of the world that makes me sort of view things in a unique way. On the flip side, there is a vast majority of people who are um, psychopaths that just exist in society. It's very common. Uh, about 10% of all people are psychopaths. Usually they tend to be like the CEO of a company. They tend to be whoever you see in your neighborhood who's probably partaking in the most things and donates the most money and shows up to all the events and never seems to be emotionally exhausted. Is there for everybody's emotional problems and they never seem to get affected by them. Those people mm-hmm. usually tend to be the psychopaths who have a very... If you ever had a conversation with somebody and they're sooner to tell you... Like you tell them a problem, a really bad problem. Oh, this is horrible. This is what happened in my life. And they sooner tell you a solution to the problem as opposed to be empathetic towards your emotions. That person, if if you think of the scale, right? So one side is empath. The other side is psychopath. Those are the two opposite sides of the same thing. And the middle is normal people. So somebody who's sooner to worry about your emotions. Oh, it's going to be fine. You know, it's going to get better. Uh, think of this. It'll make you feel better. That person is closer to empath as opposed to somebody who's like, well, maybe if you try this, then you won't feel that way. Or perhaps this is the solution to your problem. That person is tilting slightly towards the psychopath side. Interesting, because I've had cases where like I'm generally a person who's solution minded. So when someone comes with a problem, I, I want to help them in a way of like, let's find a solution. Uh, I do also say stuff like it's going to be okay, you know, tomorrow's a new day. And I've also had people tell me, like, don't dismiss what I'm going through by saying that. 
And so I'm like stuck where like, damn, I didn't mean to dismiss what you're feeling or like, you know, try to downsize it. But I also here's yeah. a question. Go for Do it. Do you get that more often than not? I would say no. I would say it's it's more so I, I get that least uh, like or less. But it's also, I think, the closest people to me who who say it versus someone i don't really know who might just take the oh it's gonna be fine and you know not tell me how they really feel you know okay so uh, if you think of the middle ground being 50 uh, okay. let's say emotional capacity so empathy is at 100 and psychopathy is at zero there is a wide range in the middle so if you say from 50 to 75 then you're in the normal range and from 50 to 25 you're still within the normal that's most people fall towards the middle line for sure the extremes are where you get psychopath and empath Mm -hmm. so like that last 25 or that last 75 yeah is where where those sides end you'd be if you're getting this normally and you do if you when you tell people you know it's gonna be better tomorrow or you know to give it time it'll go away or whatever and you mean it as opposed to know that that's the right thing to say because it would make them feel a certain way, mm-hmm. that that's a big difference right there. You're closer towards the middle if you have the capacity to understand both sides of that. But if you're, for example, I'll tell somebody it will, feel, you know, it's going to get better. You yeah. don't have to worry about this if you give it time. Uh, you know, you'll forget about her or you know, you know, get under somebody else, man. You know that kind of crap. <laughs> the idea ultimately is I know the emotional response, although I don't know why it works i don't know why just the superficial it'll be better like you should know that yeah, yeah. you know that's my that's how it processes in my mind like you should know it's gonna get better give it time like no shit but it makes people feel better my awareness of that kind of iffy because if you like went into my head and saw how i thought about it well if i say this and they'll react this way as opposed to i feel the thing i got you so i think you're towards the middle no i i'm pretty sure like my whole thing is about being in the middle <laughs> uh but yeah it's 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 just interesting because like I, I don't think i mean i i guess there's always those moments where i'm like man maybe i'm thinking differently than other people but then you know we're all I, thinking differently from other people uh, that's true but you got me there oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know I, I i don't you know i have a fascination with like psychopaths or sociopaths like because i think that way of thinking is um uh, it like you said it gives you a whole different view on the world uh, versus how everybody else is where i think there's so much a lot more a lot the people who aren't i feel like are ease more easily the normal people are more easily influenced by stuff that's happening you know yes enough emotions are easily swayed and manipulated and there are many people out there uh here's the here's the ironic part right let me give you some details of information that you probably never thought about but make total sense drop it on me most murders are crimes of passion Mm. not psycho psychopathy related serial killers were usually influenced if you think by their mom or something like that and they're bouncing off of an emotional trauma as opposed to the lack of emotion Mm. so empaths tend to be the people who go out and kill other people because they're so overwhelmed by emotion somebody who's had who who goes and shoots up a church well you had an emotional response to that kind of person specifically that you went and you shot the people who go and they shoot up a school well you felt some kind of way based on how they were treating you and you went and you solved the problem through violence person who picks a very specific kind of person i'm gonna you know rape and kill this type of person it's always blonde hair blue eyes always Okay, so you have an emotion, you're you're satisfying some emotion by doing this. So the people that you see having the most emotional response to things are also the most dangerous people. Crimes are crimes of passion most often. You got cheated on, you went and you killed her. Got you. Yeah, that is a new way of thinking that I haven't come across, but it it, it makes sense. And I'm going to trust you that you've done your research because it sounds like you have. Uh, But yeah, that's that's a trip, man. Um, That's weird, right? (laughs) We think that the people we... Because we think of somebody unemotional and we're like, that's fucking scary. But that person has less reason to do anything because you're just another person. As opposed to somebody who's having an emotional response. How many people can be easily manipulated simply by a by an article's headline 
and they felt some kind of way and then they had to go immediately online and comment now replace that and say there's no internet that person went outside and did something gotcha fuck uh it kind of kind of makes me think like you know I, I said i'd like to be in the middle um just because there there's a part of me that i feel like i can the the I feel empathetic to a lot of people and, you know, what their struggles are and what their story is. And that's what draws me to to have these conversations. Then I also have that part of me that I feel like I can disassociate myself with things that are going on just because like, at least in my mind, I know there's a lot of things I don't, I can't control. And I almost have gotten to this point where the things I can't control, I'm not going to try to worry about or think about and ent- entirely focused on like what I can do with with what I have, you know, instead of trying to feel like, oh, I'm lacking something and I can't do it. It's like, well, what do I have? And I'm going to just do it. So everything else like politics, you know, and, you know, just relevant topics right now. Everyone's kind of worried about World War Three happening. Um, and for me, it's like I can spend my time worrying about it. But like right now, I'm just focused on you know interacting with these kids at work <laughs> and uh but that's and that's where i'm at so does that sound like the middle to you still <laughs> it does sound like the middle you care about people you empathize with people you feel for people and then you approach how to solve and help with a logical mind mm-hmm. as opposed to i felt a way I'm gonna just go feel my way through that next thing. You you feel feelings and then you apply logic to how to work with them. For sure, for sure. Uh, so you said you were diagnosed. Like, was this something you knew for a long time now, or is it still kind oh, of? Oh yeah, recent? since I was a child. Oh yeah, like yeah. So, I mean, I hope you don't mind me asking all, all these oh, questions. Oh no, dive in. I don't give a crap. All right, for sure. Uh, what was childhood like then, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, my childhood very detached um very confused i don't understand people per se at least not i okay i understand how people react and how to behave in order to get people to not be uncomfortable i don't know why people react i was having this conversation with my girlfriend the other day about watching movies right and I've never seen a horror movie and been scared. I've never seen a like drama that got me to cry. And there's this sort of I've, I constantly see like on YouTube or watching TikToks or fucking reels or whatever, just wandering, looking at people's response to media and how they feel moved, like it affected them and it changed who they are. And I'm like, I don't, I can't fathom that happening in the real world. But people say it, a bunch of people say it consistently. Oh, this affected me this way. This affected me that way. I'm like, I don't understand how. And I tried to, like, it makes no sense in my head that something that literally didn't affect your life. It's not part of your life. It's not an event in your life. Altered your life. That's the, like, that's, now assume being a child trying to process that. And like yeah. everybody looks crazy at all times to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so like for any kind of media, as far as like music, movies, TV shows, that doesn't that there's. How do you enjoy that? Like um, I'm asking. I, this is this is what's interesting. I do enjoy it very much. I particularly enjoy music. I'm almost an obsessive when it comes to music. But then you listen to a conversation that I have about music and I'll dive into how the instrumentalization works or how, think of Eminem, how clever it is that he'll have double, triple, quadruple entendres. He'll have a song that's uh, double meaning. I'm obsessed with the song Never Love Again, which sounds like a song about uh, breaking up with a lady when in reality he's talking about his addiction. And the whole song is put in such a way that you could never tell that he's talking about drugs until you know that he's talking about drugs. You hear the song and then you can't unhear the fact that the entire time, everything he says is about drugs. But he was so clever that he worded it like if it were a romantic relationship. So it's just as valid a romance song as it is a song about drugs. I'm fascinated by that. Did it change my life? No. Like, why would it? <laughs> I got you. I got you. I'll, I'll tell you now, man. I, I, I know a movie is good 
if it gets me to cry and you know they're, they're, explain that to me how what do you what is it that you feel at that moment okay um i'm trying to think of the last one so uh you heard of peacemaker that new hbo show uh with uh john cena john cena yes okay yeah so there's a scene in it where like uh basically he's a dude that wants to be a hero but he he's like he's known as the, a villain or like a bad guy um so when he's trying to do things that are right he has this thing where like at least there's a scene where i respect john cena for it he's like sitting down in his bed and he's just like telling himself like man like everybody hates me or i'm so stupid and like continue just tries to bring himself down which is something i feel like is relatable to a lot of folks like myself and i'm just sitting there like damn man like displaying that emotion that i think people like have in their private lives and then having it on screen and like seeing it in the story it it made me feel connected to that character and i'm just like all right well now i feel for this character because i feel the same way and i think that's what gets me <laughs> that's so strange because when you <laughs> when, <laughs> when you think about it right yeah you're like okay i relate to the character because i feel the same but there's eight billion of us there's a high possibility about half of everybody relates to what you're saying so why don't you feel that way towards somebody else which i which i think i would i just don't see it or i don't hear it but like you know if like working at the school i feel like i'm connecting my experience as far as like okay this kid reminds me of someone i went to school with and that happens for all the kids uh and then if i find a kid that's that i feel like is like me which i feel like i have before um then it's like this whole thing of feeling like i'm trying to save myself you know like because i see myself in this kid and i'm you know i want to lead them into that path that i wish you know i was led to when i was at that age um so i it's not that i don't think that i would have that same emotion and i think being person to person i still have that wall myself like you know where i can't show this part of me crying in front of them but for a tv show or a movie it's like it's still disconnected enough that i can have that private moment for myself you know why do you feel why do you care what other people think of you and well you know it's i think that's just like the system that was built and i'm still in that system at least in, in my mindset and I, i've been working real hard to to not care what people think but you know like i'll, I'll be real I, I care about what my parents think of me for sure um i i care about like what, why i think it's this responsibility i feel to to make sure they feel good like uh, specifically for my folks i think in my experience their identity i i was raised an only child um had a sister who had passed away before i was born um so my relationship with my folks like they kind of see me as that second chance and a lot of their identity was wrapped around me and like what i was going to be <clears throat> and you know what kind of person i am so for for me like I try I care about what they think because I want them to feel good about what they've done, you know, or like Right, right, yeah. but there's no way you can control how they feel. So, even if they say I'm proud of you because they feel the obligation to because they're parents, you'll never know inside their head whether that's a true statement or they're just saying that because they don't want to be disrespectful to their kid and they want to be supportive, but maybe they hate everything you've ever done and you'd have <laughs> no way of knowing that because they're your parents they're they're gonna love you they're gonna say they love you that's their job and unless they're terrible parents who are like well no you fucking suck for what you did uh go go fucking kick rocks unless that's who they are and i'm assuming most parents strive to not be horrible like that that yeah. you regardless of what path you would have taken and however it shows itself as long as you're not out there actively harming other people they're they're going to be proud of the fact or at least say they're proud of the fact because there's no way to know you're not in their heads you'll never be in their heads you'll never know factually they could be bothered by everything you do so because that fact doesn't exist because you could never prove the point why not just do what makes you happy regardless of what anybody else might think including your parents so long as you don't violate the sacred rule of don't harm others For sure. And for the most part, like my parents are super understanding 
of the path I've taken. Um, and like I said, I was raised a little strict. They've totally cooled off on that. <laughs> uh, and they, they've been more accepting of me. It's just more so, man, like, I don't know. It, they've given me so much of their lives, their time, their effort, their love that, you know, I, I, I want to make them proud the way they that I want to make them proud in the way they can be proud of themselves. Um, because, you know, I think for my parents experience, losing a child, man, that's you doubt yourself completely after that. And I think I, I see that a lot of my folks. So, you know, I, I want them to feel that, like, they should have no doubts about how they f they feel about, like, how I was raised or how they raised me. You know, there's no way you could control that. I can't. There's nothing can't. you can do. <laughs> if they are doubtful about themselves, they will be doubtful regardless of how you turn out because that's about them, not about you. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, man, that's that's something that anytime I feel down about that stuff, I always try to tell, remind myself it's not about me, you know, in, in those moments. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't think it's something that is completely gone, but I definitely know that it weighs on me on on some level i still stay with them you know like if if i really didn't care about you know how they felt and everything i probably would have moved over far away done my own thing but for some reason i i feel like this hold that i should be here for them for as long as i can as long as they're around um because for me it's one of those them saying we're not going to be around forever kind of like stuck to me you feel me it's like okay yeah that's true uh so maybe i should scale neither are you and worrying about how other people feel is wasting your time as opposed to doing the things that will allow you to enjoy your life while you're here for the one time you're here i'm not and that's that's what i mean by like trying to find the things that i feel like i can't control uh and and focusing on that so i'm here but i still feel like i'm doing everything that i want to be doing while i'm here yeah. do you feel you can control something i think i feel like i control my perception of my life in the world like that's the only you thing i feel really... you control your perception of, of yeah i mean i, I think really? i do all right yeah, so yeah if i told you that racism is completely fine then i would disagree with that right yeah. but then i will make the distinction that being a racist and believing you're better than somebody is something all of us have but behaving like a racist is what's actually bad so you can believe you're better than anybody else and be respectful to everybody and treat everybody like equals but as soon as you don't apply those thoughts into action and make somebody's life lesser that's problematic but if you don't do that and you treat everybody with kindness then you can be a racist and be a great person we don't judge your religion why do we judge other things inside of your head so now I'm controlling your perception. You're not controlling your perception. I just educated you on how to think about something that's easily agreeable because we all believe we're better than other people one way or another. If I ask you, what's the greatest country in the world? Chances oh. are you think you live in it. Uh, I mean, but so you broke that down for me. You gave me that information, but wouldn't it be up to me whether or not I would agree with it or like take something from it? No, nurture decides what you might believe or not. Hmm interesting your perception isn't your control otherwise oh. we would just be manipulating our reality actively but we are influenced by the things that happen to us and the things we witness as opposed to deciding what happens to us and deciding what we witness hmm. i mean when, when we witness something isn't it like different from what, what you know how how you witnessed it versus what how i witnessed it yeah, hundred percent. But also you're not controlling how you process the things in your head. Your brain is doing that. In fact, I can tell you that if I threw something at you before you can think about it, you're going to react to dodge it. That's because you're not the one in control. Your subconscious is. You've never controlled a single thing as long as you've lived. You can prove that to yourself simply by reading something and realizing that your mind is going to tell it to you before your brain processes the words actively. You can test your subconscious being in control at any given moment as a fact. Hmm. That's interesting. I mean that, that's definitely stuff I gotta chew on, man. Um, but I, I I can see your point. I can see your point because I do believe that you know who I am has been greatly influenced by ev like everything that's happened to me and things that I've been around. So and that's all random chance. You didn't yeah. choose any of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, okay. I mean, I'm getting lost in thought, and I'm gonna have to rewatch this for me to fully like grasp the. <laughs> the concept but nah that, that's dope man like and that's what i need and that's what we all need right like we need somebody to challenge our, our thoughts uh and 
you doing that probably already changed my perception in some way that I just haven't realized <laughs> when I when I talk to other folks. Uh, but yeah, any more thoughts on that though? Like, I feel like you had something more. Oh no, I could go on. To, I'm trying, I actively have to hold myself back because we'll never move on. I could just dissect that forever. I'll give you a quick story, and I've told this story a million times. I was raised with a guy named Michael. And mm -hmm. uh, this guy named Michael's family are in the KKK and they identify as neo-Nazis. I am a dark-skinned individual with dreads. Um, they are very vocal and open about their beliefs. And I have eaten at their home and they've treated me nicer than some of the people who are my very skin color. Mm. Okay. They've and never behaved like racists, although they identify as racists. And they are against the mixing of uh, race, actively, vocally. But they've never disrespected anybody. They donate to people. They think humans are humans regardless of what. Now, their argument also does kind of make sense when you think about it. If we mixed all the races and what makes everybody unique would dissipate because we'd all be one as opposed to knowing, you know, if you're uh, black, you're probably better at sports. If you're Asian, you're probably in a structure that's better at uh, academia. You know, yeah. that we have things, if you're a Hispanic, chances are you have huge family values and you're more loving than most people when it comes to the, the people you're around. If we mixed everybody and everybody and we lost culture, then we would lose all that. If we needed to turn to somebody for something peculiar, we wouldn't have that person to turn to because we all have the same beliefs and same set of skills. Differences make us unique and wanting to blend. Now, I don't say we shouldn't blend. I think it should be 50-50. We do need differences and we do need mixture because mixture adds to new and we come up with greater and better things, leave the bad genes behind, throw the bad, the good genes into the mix and come up with a brand new race over and over and over and have more races. But also if we lose the races and what's the point? I got you, I got you. I mean, that, that for, for me, culturally, that, that makes total sense. Cause just cause, you know, I, I feel so disconnected to, to my culture and my roots, like as far as like Philippines and Filipinos, um, I, I would never guessed. You would never guessed. Would never guessed. That's hilarious. Uh, I mean, the Filipinos are fascinating because they are a mix of Spaniard and Chinese that became its own culture. Like, what the hell? Uh, I mean, you can't. I can't answer that question, bro. Like, I, I, <laughs> I have no, like, uh, no. It's, it's, it's hard for me to say. I have no connection really to, to the history of the Philippines, especially since like, like you said, the Spaniards came and kind of like wiped all everything we knew before they came. So it's like, fuck, <laughs> we're starting kind of new. Do you, uh, do you speak Spanish? Nah, I don't. I mean, I, Mandarin? I don't, I, don't, I speak English. <laughs> That's English. all. I, and, <laughs> America. I, and, and, and I, and I understand, I understand, uh, Tagalog, which is like the, the main dialect in the, in the Philippines, but, uh, yeah other than that interesting it, i've never heard of that language yeah i was born i was born there when i was like boy when i was like zero uh and then i moved here when i was four um so like i guess in those early stages of development being around those people that kind of like yeah. stuck with me uh but other than that man it, when i try to speak it man i, I talk really slow because i'm trying to pick like which words is going to fit where yeah um, you got you yeah so and I just found out recently, and I don't know if this is true for everyone, but you know, the Filipinos in the Philippines, they don't really like the Filipinos in America. <laughs> They're like, don't claim us. You don't know the struggle. You're not a part of um, us. Uh, yes. Uh, that happens in most cases with most cultures though, because there's a difference between being ethnically part of a group and being culturally part of a group. You're not culturally Filipino. You're ethnically Filipino. And those are st statements that need to be made clearly because you can claim to be Filipino all you want. You, you you haven't walked the walk. You haven't talked the talk. And there's nuance that you're not aware of. For sure. And and, and I recognize that. Um, but like that divide right there, like, I don't know if that's something that I should, you know, connect or try to try to be like, hey, like Filipinos from the Philippines, like no, I'm, there's enough Filipinos who are part of the culture. It's yeah. unique to be one that isn't. Mm. So be that instead. That's fine. Look into a different culture. Be a Filipino who speaks Italian or something. I, don't know. I mean, I have a family in France and family in other places that all you know Filipinos are out there doing their thing, like other cultures. I would say, uh, but yeah, it's it's just something where in, in my mind you were talking about how you need that mix of like people who are mixing and people who are staying like in their own lane uh, yep. 
and yeah i mean there's that there's the tra- traditions and the cultural uh cultural richness that that comes with being in your own lane and then go ahead. here's what yes 100 100 exactly that that's exactly what my point was going to be that in being filipino and having a kind of loose understanding and i'm assuming your parents are very filipino because you were born over there yeah so there is a very specific uh, thing that happens in which you have basic understanding of both sides and in return you pick and choose what makes most sense to you and you end up with your own culture and when you have your children you will teach your children this unique culture and they will teach their children this unique culture mixed with whoever they're with so it's consistently shifting and morphing or you can bubble yourself in with people just like you you go back to the philippines and hang out with a bunch of people who are filipino and reinforce a culture that does nothing. We can reinforce culture forever and reinforce traditions. They're traditional. They're already there. The traditions already exist. How do we move forward? Well, we need difference. We need novelty. We need nuanced differences that we grasp from other cultures and morph into their own thing. And that's what you're essentially doing because you got a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Now, what makes sense to me? And let me live that life. I got you. And would you say right now, like for you, that that a mix of mixing versus staying in your own lane. You want that 50-50? Like you think uh, that, Yeah, hell yeah, always. Where do you think it is right now as far as like how the world kind of, or society kind of views that? You think the society wants more mix versus or I guess it depends on the culture? It depends on the culture. Um usually home homeland for most people is very pure. You don't really think of Asian countries as a whole, specifically not the Philippines, because that's a very unique circumstance that sort of the origin story is mix, as opposed to like how many people in Japan aren't Japanese? It's like 90% are Japanese, you know? Yeah. That's a culture that reinforces itself. And the mixtures we get, usually people leaving Japan as opposed to people coming into Japan. So there are cultures like that. You look at England, the population is vastly, vastly, vastly white Caucasian, English and Irish native, as opposed to a varied amount of other people. Not to say that there aren't a lot of uh, people from India in England, but that's sort of because of the association of the countries as opposed to an actual mass migration that's leading to the consistent mixture. But then you look at something like the United States, where there's nothing but consistent mixture, consistent mixture, consistent mixture. So it depends on where you are and how you're there. I gotcha. So let me ask you if this is a good idea. Um, I've been wanting to take like a road trip in in america i i I haven't explored too much you know california i'm here uh haven't been to to the east coast that much except jacksonville one time when i was a kid uh so i want to do a road trip a lot of friends of mine tell me don't think that's a good idea you're going to end up in a place where they don't like different people coming through uh and you know you might get harassed your friends are ignorant Mm, i got you your friends are ignorant um think of i like I love hillbillies. I love hillbillies. Not, I like rednecks are fine, but I love hillbillies. There is a honesty to hillbillies. They don't have the words, but a hillbilly will walk up to me and say, uh, come over here, little nigger boy. Beautiful. Because it's honest, right? It's what's in his head. He's not filtering anything for me. He's not using social contracts to hide he is he's just being him and he doesn't mean it in the kind of racist way it's just he doesn't have better words to say anything but then he'll like hey what do you think of this other thing over here you know you well let's go look at this thing over here and he just wants to share a moment with somebody he's not being disrespectful the words to somebody who gets emotionally hurt by words would immediately that's a racist but maybe he's not racist maybe he just doesn't have better language because he's never seen a colored person in his life and he's only using the words he's learned and until you correct them that's all he knows but if you corrected him he'd immediately readjust and oh i wasn't trying to offend you mm. yeah, yeah. i say go where you think you don't belong so that you can just find out that the misconceptions you have of people are equal to the misconceptions people have of you because we're hypocrites we're like oh they're judging me no they just don't understand the same way you're judging them for not understanding I got you. I got you. Because uh, I was thinking, and then, you know, the more I, I had this conversation with them, I was like, don't you think that, like, you know, as a Filipino or Filipino-American, I should move to a place where, you know, there aren't any, any Filipinos just so I can 
show people what we're about and and like isn't that what i guess early no no, in, no. you're doing uh, it wrong you're doing it wrong because you okay. want to go somewhere where you where people like you do not exist mm-hmm. so that you can show them but who gives a shit what you affect them you're gonna leave that place go mm-hmm. somewhere where you're gonna be affected not somewhere where you're gonna affect somebody else it doesn't matter who you affect you're gonna leave you want to take something with you not leave something behind Hmm. I don't know, man. Uh, in, in my mind, I'm always thinking about stuff that I want to leave behind. Like, uh, but in, in that sense, like I feel like there's, in anywhere I go, I can take something and leave something. Uh, but I, I see that maybe in some places that that ratio could be different. You know, I either take more and versus like leave a little bit, and uh, you know, other way around. Um, and I mean, for me, that the whole thought process was like thinking of early immigrants uh, from the Philippines to America, like. They took that leap over here because they knew there wasn't a lot of people like that over here already. So for me, inserting myself into maybe a community that, you know, either I I leave more or I take more. I just want to see if like, okay, I'm there and maybe more Filipino Americans can come there. And then now we're more integrated into um, America because I feel like the all the multi-ethnic places are, are on the coast in big cities and that middle America is still very much you know just white folks <laughs> yeah i would say I w- by the way we pushed them in there <laughs> we pushed them in there nice and hard like fuck that this is our country bro but anyways i would say assume you always leave something no matter where you go and try to optimize how much you learn from others as opposed to caring how much you leave behind because you'll always leave something behind it's impossible to be somewhere and not leave a mark you're unique you're you nobody's like you in the world it doesn't matter where you go it doesn't you could go around people who think and look just like you and you're gonna have one little bit of sauce nobody there had and you're gonna leave a mark even if you went to the neighborhood right next to yours you're gonna leave something it doesn't matter don't focus on what you're leaving behind because you're always gonna leave something behind you are a person you have a presence you're gonna leave a trail of energy of thoughts of conversations you've had as you're moving through that doesn't matter don't focus on that it will happen inevitably Focus on maximizing what you can take because when you come back, that's more that you have to offer. Got you. I got you. Uh, just a heads up, man. I mean, I, I think from the very beginning, I knew this wasn't going to be an ordinary 34 questions uh, episode. Uh, and we only have about like eight minutes is left in, in our episode right now <laughs> for this first one. For this first one. I, I feel like, you know, like you said, I think we could talk for like three hours about all this, all different topics. Um, yeah, and I think I would love to to get on yours too, cause like, oh man, I I I like uh, being self reflective, and for other folks to try to get a read on me, and I, I don't think I ever had like a person who told me they were a psychopath kind of be able to give me that reflection that that sometimes I don't get from everybody else. So I think this was a great conversation. I, ho- I hope it was fun for you. Uh, <laughs> it was but, amazing for me. Yeah, even though it's short, short right now. But uh, yeah. Anyways, let me get a couple more questions in for you that I feel like you know is supposed to be a thirty-four questions a podcast. Uh, but the question that ties everything together: a um, hundred, two hundred years from now, your descendants are watching this video. What would you like to tell your descendants? I could tell my descendants don't get fixated on the fact that it always looks like the world is ending because it always looks like the world is ending to every generation that's ever existed. Um, Look at the facts as opposed to the opinions and the feelings and you will realize that it's always better than it was and it'll always be better than it was because it can never move in the opposite direction. Mm. individually we might be walking disasters who don't understand shit and just make our lives worse half the time but collectively we've made cities rise up from the ground we've built rockets that take us to the moon we've classified every nuance of psychological disorder of physical disability and tried to innovate ways to improve people's lives based on that information we have learned whether empathetic or psychopathic how to communicate and how to improve situations so that we see something that's objectively wrong and we we've come to the definition collectively as people that harming someone else no matter how that looks is wrong and we should never do that if we can avoid it and just always look at that 
to realize that it's not ending. It's just we were bored half the time. And as it gets better and we have less problems, we got to make the little things look more drastic. And then we scream louder about the little things and it looks crazier. Mm. But, you know, we're not dying of all the plagues consistently. Even this COVID thing, we're still here. So, like, I'm sure there's going to be, what is it, every hundred years is another plague. So, a hundred years from now, you guys are going to be dealing with it. Usually around the... 20s last <laughs> one was what 18 well, no it was 19 1920s man i think so yeah 1920s like that and then before it was 1821 or something like that so it's always the same kind of period so chances are 100 years from now you guys are gonna be going through it but like it happened every 100 years and we're still here and the fact that you're still there 100 years from now tells us it's probably gonna be fine don't stress it michelle i mean that that was a message to your teacher your descendants or i mean honestly i think it's our descendants because they're all coming from the same people right like this is where we are at this point in the future I mean, there's going to be more people so it came 100 from years from now there is total chance we're related right right small uh, world who fucking knows man who fucking knows uh I, let me see i'm i'm trying to pick questions that i feel like should be included <laughs> in this episode <laughs> Uh, I mean, let me ask you: Are you open to come coming back for a round Hell two? Yeah. All right, Hell for yeah, sure. definitely. All right, cool, cool. Uh, because I know you're a fascinating person, man. I think you know the first person sure. I met that was like, you know, open about at least being a psychopath. And you know, I never thought that it was a negative thing. It's just not something I ever got a chance to learn about or to talk to someone about it openly. So thank you for giving me that opportunity for sure. Um, any questions you would like to ask the next guest that comes on to 34 questions? Interesting. Any question that I would like to ask the next guest? This is the way I like to connect, you know, guests. <laughs> what is your greatest strength and convince me it's your greatest weakness? Wow. That's a new one. I'm going to write it down real quick. Uh, what is your greatest strength? Convince me. If it's your, uh, it, that's your greatest weakness? Yes, because nothing is perfect and we fail to see the flaws in what we appreciate and we fail to see the good in what we think is wrong. Got you. Sure. Uh, let the folks out there know where they can uh, find your podcast. All that good stuff. <laughs> Uh, let's see. You can find the Just Conversation podcast anywhere you get your podcasts, pretty much. Uh, there's uh, Instagram. You can find that at Just Convo Pod. Twitter, Just Convo Pod. Facebook, Just Convo Pod. The podcast itself on every single location, including the official website, greatthoughts.info. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Michelle, uh, and I want to give you this one question from my previous guest. Uh, shout out to Jacob. His question for you is what has been the proudest moment of your life proudest moment of my life that's a weird question i know i mean for, for you i'm sure because <laughs> <laughs> it's like all right i gotta choose a random moment that's that's it brought me pride it made me proud i don't know man i've never had a real job i've since day one of my life managed to avoid a nine to five and pay all my bills however i saw fit with whatever skills i have whether it be through art whether it be odd jobs here and there but never a nine to five i refuse to do that so i've educated myself in everything i've informed myself in everything that i can survive off of so i can do any and every job i'm certified in many medical fields i have uh, degrees in several areas so uh things that i'm proud of uh intellect i guess most proud of realizing at least a moment right fuck no 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 Damn. no no it's, it's good man i think you're, you're onto something there like, yeah what would you say you're proud of are you saying yeah, i guess my intellect as opposed to like um not intellect my strive i'm a I'm pretty heavy polymath polymath no. okay a polymath is a person who has a lot of skill in a lot of areas gotcha like jack of all trades kind of thing yeah so uh jack of all trades isn't the polymath because they're usually a master of none yeah yeah so you look at uh leonardo da vinci mm -hmm. and he was a proficient artist a proficient engineer a great scientist a high linguistic individual a great writer so he developed all the skills 
at the same time and survived off of all of them simultaneously, thus avoiding any kind of normality in life. And I've also made sure never, I fear the box and I will never go in the box. So I'm proud that I've never stepped foot in the box. What's up, man? That's what's up. Uh, yeah, I might have to have you as a guest speaker for, for my students, man, just so they can interact if, you, if you're open. Then we'll talk about that off camera. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. I got no problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyways, man, once again, thank you for your time. Um, hope, you to get, me. hope to get you back on. You know, uh, there's... There's a few folks that like to, to come back onto the show just to check up and like continue the conversation. Um, so I'll tap in with you to, to see if we can make that happen in the future. I uh, want to thank all the folks out there. If you've been watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, much love to you guys too. Remember to reach out, reach forward. As always, much love. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time on 34 Questions. Peace. Deuces. And then it fades out from there, man. <laughs>